Hello and welcome to KLO Talks, a podcast for financial discussion. This is where we discuss the latest financial trends, news and events and aim to unravel the complicated world of investing and finance. So whether you're passionate about the sector or just want to understand more about the importance of optimizing your finances, KLO Talks has something for everyone. Okay, welcome to another episode of KLO Talks, the podcast for financial discussion. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about um, commercial property and how they fit within SIPs and SASs. And I am joined by Tony Michael from KLO. You've been with us a yes. number of times Hello, now. Hello, Peter. Very and, happy to be here again. And also uh, Mike Kelly from Financial Business here in Birmingham. Hi, Peter. Nice to be here. How are you both getting on with lockdown? Obviously, this is normal territory now. People um, in the room. Business. Well, this is it. Returning slowly to business. More you know, social um, dynamics of returning back to normal, hopefully. This is the first time being in an office uh, again today, yeah. so it's good. It's a nice feeling. Fantastic. <laughs> and Mike, I know that you're new to the podcast, working <laughs> here at um, Funnels for Business, so why don't you just introduce yourself and yeah, thanks, tell us Peter. what you do. Well, first of all, it's great to have you guys here today and have some people in the office. We've uh, <laughs> we've been very empty for the last hundred and odd days, but it's nice to get people back into the office and seeing a little bit of activity in the city centre now, which is great. Uh, I'm Mike Kelly. I, um, I'm Senior Business Development Manager for Finance for Business. Uh, Finance for Business um, does pretty well what it says on the tin. Uh, we assist businesses in respect of their lending needs and so find solutions for them. Um, we On Finance for Business, we uh, specialise in commercial development and bridging finance. Okay. Uh, and uh, one of the companies in our group, Liquidity Club, specialise in balance sheet lending, invoice finance, asset finance, term debt, and so on. So we can cover the spectrum of needs for businesses, be it bricks and mortar or land or balance sheet. And that gives us a bit of a unique position in, in the market. Uh, we're based here in Birmingham City Centre, as I say. Uh, there are a number of other companies within within the business, uh, and I think today we're going to focus on the, the lending side uh, through the SIPs and SASs, as you say, Peter. Absolutely. So let's start this off, you know, very much with the basics, and just talk about what um, like a SIP or a SAS basically is, just for the just for the listeners. Uh, yeah. Um, Okay, so let's start off with what a pension is. So a pension is something that you plan for in retirement and mm -hmm. you put money in there and you hold investments in there. Well, a SIP is exactly the same structure, but it is actually, you've got more flexibility on the investments that you can put in there. You have more options uh, as opposed to a standard SIP uh, and exactly the same with a SAS. So that's what we're talking about. They are pension structures with more flexibility with the investments that you can um, hold within them. A SaaS is usually used for where you've got a business and there's three, four, five, six owners and they've got a pension scheme that they all buy into mm -hmm. and it's one pension scheme for those business owners. Um, you will see a SIP is more where you're an individual and that's generally what the differences are. A lot more to go into it, but to keep it very simple, those are the main differences. Yeah. yeah. And so for business owners where commercial property is a thing, because obviously yep. they want to own their business premises, I guess this is where your guys' expertise come in when it comes to finance for business in helping business owners be able to put those commercial properties within these pension wrappers, as we call them, accounts, SIPs and SASs. Yeah, very much so. Um a number of businesses will come to us looking for standard lending, that's term debt against the bricks and mortar of their property. 
but very often the businesses and Terry's already touched on uh, the type of businesses that we may be dealing with in the in the SaaS or the SIP arena. Uh, we'll look to lend against the SIP or the SaaS. That can be very, very tax efficient. And there are a number of lenders out there, particularly the high street lenders, mm-hmm. who have got a, an appetite to to work with businesses in respect of this type of lending. Um, it's very attractive, good, safe lending for, for the lender. And it can be very attractive for, for the individual or the business as well. Uh, so it, it ticks a lot of boxes in respect of requirements. Um, but a lot of people perhaps aren't aware of the ability to lend into those into those vehicles. Is it always appropriate to use, to sort of do what you're saying in respect of a SIPs and SAS in every instance or the particular circumstances where it's especially advantageous? Uh, I think the lucky thing on financial business side, we're not regulated to give advice on the pension side, okay, Peter, yeah. so that would be something that mm-hmm. we'd work very closely with, with KLO and the guys there. Um, it may not always be appropriate, and I think the beauty of what we do is we work very closely with the wealth provider, in this case KLO, uh, with the uh, trustees of the of the pension fund and so on, um, in respect of ensuring it is the right way of doing uh, the mm-hmm. lending opportunity that the client is looking for. So no, not always, but often it can be. Yeah. And how are things with everything that's happened with lockdown and COVID right now? Gosh, that, that's a great question. I think I think <laughs> I think sort of over a hundred days in now, um, it's been quite interesting to see the the uh, the way the banks have perhaps shifted from uh, becoming very um, very prudent in their lending approach mm-hmm. when lockdown was first announced. Uh, obviously, they were giving payment holidays to their clients, mm-hmm. both from main residential mortgages and from their business loans as well. Um, so as an ap- the appetite for new business did did wane from the lender's side, unquestionably so. The introduction of CBALS, the uh, Coronavirus Business Interruption Loan Scheme, was a big, big plus for businesses. A number of banks were perhaps a little bit slow off the mark in getting their act together in respect of um, ensuring that they could meet client demand very quickly. The bounce-back CBALS proved particularly popular, up to £50,000. 100% guaranteed by the government, and that allowed businesses to very quickly get some money into their businesses. Whether or not that £50,000 is enough for those businesses moving forward yeah. is is another debate. But in respect of the overall lending, um, a number of the high street continue to trade as they were. The high street tend to be fairly uh, prudent in, in respect of their lending, so they were never uh, looking at a share of the market is at the risky end. Some of the specialist bank and the banks and challenger banks uh, came out of the market, albeit briefly, or reduced their loan-to-value appetite, the maximum they would be prepared mm-hmm. to lend. I think we're now seeing a lot of lenders coming back to where they were, uh, which is encouraging, and I guess that's a sign of we're now in sort of um, the tapering out of the lockdown and hopefully getting back to business in the new normal, uh, whatever that looks like, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, but slowly but surely, we, we're coming out. But um, some lenders um, certainly reduce their their appetite for new business, but we're now seeing them come back to the market. Fantastic. And for you, Terry, in this space where obviously the advice is really needed to assess whether you know commercial would go into a SIP or a SAS is appropriate, is that something that you're finding is on the radar of your client at the moment? Yeah, I mean... I think Mike alluded to it a bit earlier that not many people know about this option. Um, 
you know, and, and when you tell people about this, they think, oh, it's very risky. But it's not if it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it can be very advantageous to to your company as it's growing um, in, a, in a tax efficient way and how to pass on your business um, to the next generation in a very, again, tax efficient way. Mm. So th- there's many tax savings and, and to go with this uh, sort of solution. So it's... Um, it's educating the clients and just telling them this is an option. Have you thought about it? Um, do you want to run through it and see how this would work in practice and how it would benefit you? And then when you do that, you can see if the client wants to do that or if they don't want to do that. And then more importantly, is it the right thing for the client? Yeah, so sure. you have to assess this, but you have to talk about it first before you can assess it. So it, yeah. is, a, it is a bit of an educational piece. Yeah. So coming off the back of everything that's happened with COVID and the lenders slowly coming back to the market now, mm-hmm. are there tighter lending criteria now? What's the general feel that you're Yeah, for some. For, for some of the lenders, depending on how they're funded, some high streets are funded by, by deposits and they're sitting on a lot of cash at the moment. So the market is pretty liquid, mm. uh, which I guess is a different scenario to where we were in the crisis of 2008, where liquidity was, was a challenge. Um, I guess the banks can be a bit more uh, choosy in, in how and who they lend to, but cash for high street lenders certainly isn't an issue. For some of the specialist lenders, and by specialist lenders, we would be referring to lenders who aren't on the high street, who perhaps are less known, have a niche in the market and so on. The way they're funded can be quite different to to the high street and as a consequence some of they some of those banks have reined back on their loan to value appetite mm-hmm. and so on and for the challenger banks which sort of sit in the middle of that so the challenger banks would be uh, the likes of the old aldermore metro bank shawbrook and so on names that you may have heard of but you probably don't see them regularly on the high street and they are there to challenge mm-hmm. the high street and that was a, as a consequence of the the crisis in 2008 um, they're very much coming back to the market now, uh, some with some new innovative products um, to get to get the market uh, fueled again. And we're certainly seeing uh, an appetite for lenders on the development uh, funding side, okay. um, in addition to the commercial funding side as well. Um, so specialists are perhaps uh, dependent on how they're funded and what their risk appetite is. Challenges certainly coming back to the market, and I guess it's fair to say the high street has never been away. Um, but they have—they're probably the most cautious of the yeah. three, uh, and as a consequence, it's, it's probably a, a business as usual piece there. But we totally accept that their resources have been stretched off the back of all the other things that have gone on. Um, businesses in trouble, businesses needing guidance, uh, the Siebel's piece, um, payment holidays, and so on. Um, but slowly but surely, we're getting back to normal. Good. Um, yeah, um, <clears throat> I know that you're right. A lot of clients of mine have been uh, requesting Siebel's and uh, yeah. their banks have been inundated with uh, requests and it's taking longer than was first expected. But I think you're right. Just looking at in Birmingham City Centre um, today and through the last few weeks, um, developing is definitely on the up. Um, they've they haven't stopped through lockdown, the lockdown period, but now there's definitely signs of that upticking yeah, right sure. now. Um, cranes in most places, you know, when yeah. you're seeing activity in these uh, development buildings, which is really exciting to see that, okay, 
we're in we're in an okay position. Yeah. It's not as bad as two thousand eight, as Mike alluded yeah, to. Absolutely. Earlier. Yeah. So I know that you've mentioned before, um, Mike, that it is possible to use these vehicles to actually fund developments as well. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys do in that space to actually help people? Okay. Um, so in respect of um, what we look for, we'll work very closely with the wealth advisor, uh, with, the, with the SAS or the SIP provider in mm -hmm. respect of um, ensuring that we understand how the SIP works, what the value of that SIP is, mm -hmm. Um, making sure that it's fully compliant with HMRC yeah. regulations and so on. Um, and then, as a good broker ought to, we'll find the right lender for the client. Um, in respect of an example we, we recently had, uh, this was on a SaaS, uh, a client um, owned a very nice haulage business um, up in Derbyshire, um, was looking to expand the business, had an opportunity to a acquire some more land adjacent to his haulage yard, um, had a SAS in operation which had been running very successfully for a number of years. Um, he came to us and we found that uh, one of the high street lenders had a big appetite for this type of lending um, and we were able to, uh, subject to valuation of the, the land, subject to valuation of the, of the SAS, mm -hmm. Uh, carrying out all the relevant due diligence with the clients, uh, working very closely with the wealth office as well, uh, ensuring that we could obtain funds against the SAS, uh, which uh, met the client's needs in respect of obtaining the, the land uh, at a very attractive rate. Um, and I think it's probably fair to say everyone was a winner. I think the key thing as well is that there was then the ability for uh, the rental income from that land from the business to go back into the SAS yeah. and you know that becomes income generating as well so you know it was a it was a win-win situation for everyone and as I say that was that was a high street lender so it's not a it's not a quirky lend by any stretch mm. of the imagination as Terry says I think it's one that um, um, a number of business owners company directors and so on could take advantage of should they wish to mm -hmm. and if it's the right thing to do and I guess a lot of this is around education yeah, sure. and ensuring that, you know, we're close to our clients and understanding what, what their needs are. I say it's not for everyone, but in that instance, it, it worked particularly well. And I think the important thing there that a lot of people miss is the whole idea around a pension is only useful once you retire. And True. you can't touch it, you can't use it, but it's such a good tool, especially in this example that Mike's just, just you know, provided us. You know, there's a pension there. It's not doing anything. It's just growing your funds. I can only touch it when I retire. Okay, great. But see, what Mike has done there is said, right, well, we can lend against that. And it's now another useful tool and helps progress the business. And on the business side, putting that piece of land into the pension, well, it's yielding an income. Yeah, because now you're paying the rent mm -hmm. from your company to your pension. And that rent is now an expense as well. So you're saving your corporation tax. In, the, in that instance. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, the pluses are, you know, it's one after another. Yeah. It, it is very good. Not for everybody for certain reasons, but it, there's a lot of people that probably should be looking at this and missing a trick. Well, essentially, it's using an asset that you can't touch for a while to acquire another asset during the period of time that it's effectively just lying there dormant. And you're, and you're getting, you're, you're able to get another asset, as you said, acquiring another asset at really good rates because 
you've already got the one asset. That's your collateral there, the pension. Okay, and that's what Mike and the team can do for you. Find the right lender to use your pension as the collateral. Are there any, um, for people who are listening to this, thinking, oh, this is really interesting and this is something that maybe I should have a look at. Are there any key um, <clears throat> steps that they need to take in order to assess whether this is something that is potentially something they should I, I think I think there are absolutely key steps, Peter. I think that the, the first key step is getting the right advice. Yeah. <laughs> Always getting the right advice. I think that's absolutely key. Um, you know, working closely with your uh, pension provider, with your wealth manager, with your IFA, which, whichever mm -hmm. you know is is the most appropriate person within that space, ensuring that it is the right thing uh, for you for your business from a tax perspective, as, as Terry's already alluded to. Uh, so getting the right advice first is absolutely key. Um, and then working it from there um, to work with uh, a business such as ourselves to find the right, uh, find the right lending solution for that client um, at the right rate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people will, there's always opportunities for people to borrow money. Um, our role is to ensure it's the right loan for the right individual at the right price. I think that that's absolutely key. Um, you know, so getting the right advice up front is absolutely paramount yeah. every time. Yeah, and I guess for you guys, you go out to all of the market and sort out the best deal. Yeah, I, I think that's the beauty of finance for business. Um, Russell Martin, who founded our business uh, back 13, 14 years ago, um, uh, made a statement uh, four or five years ago that broking was the new banking. Um, very brave thing to say, but you know what? It was proved that it's been proven absolutely right. It didn't go down particularly well with the banks, let me tell I can you. Imagine, yeah. But I think I think the key the key point Russell was making there was it, it gives client choice, and we do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, you know, um, and the days of businesses having a relationship manager calling on them from their bank every couple of months and so on have gone yeah. you know the only way a lot of businesses can access their bank now is through an 0800 number yeah um, very, very true. you know and that is not a relationship play um we we understand why that is the case so we become the relationship and i think that's key um so we'll do the work for the client we'll we'll find the right solution and so on and i think critically we'll work closely with the clients other advisors be it their ifa their wealth office, their accountant, their solicitor, and so on. So, you know, we, we will be uh, at the centre of all things yeah. to ensure that everything is done properly. Um, and last year, we we dealt with over 100 different lenders. Wow. Um, you know, and I guess a lot of people out there perhaps didn't realise there were over 100 lenders, yeah. but there are, yeah. and many, many more. And that, you know, I think the strength of our business is that a lot of the people in the business are ex-bankers. So they know their way around a balance sheet. They understand what underwriting and good credit looks like um, and will find the right solution for the client. And I think that is absolutely key. And again, this all comes back to having the right advice, working in partnership with the other advisors around the table and making sure the client is kept fully up to, up to date in what's going on. That's our role. I think that it's really important what you stated there, though, the fact that I think oftentimes people don't appreciate how many moving parts there are mm -hmm. in a transaction like this and to have someone who's in the middle coordinating it all speaking to the various parties so that you don't you the client doesn't have to worry 
is a big thing in terms of just taking away the stress that often comes with this kind of process. Oh, for sure. I think if the client isn't worried, we're doing our job right. I think that that's, <laughs> a, that's yeah. sort of as simple as that, really. Yeah. You know, it's for us to ensure the lender meets the client's expectations, be that from a you know an amount point of view, from, from a, a completion date, working closely with the solicitor to ensure that can be a, a, attained, making sure we have all the relevant information from uh, the accountant. Obviously, the valuer plays a key part in all this, all of this as well. Um, and during the early weeks of lockdown, valuers were going out to properties and so on, um, which became a bit of a challenge for us. Uh, that's less of the case now, although every valuation has a COVID-19 clause attached to it now, which, again, we, we, we fully understand. But again, our relationship with valuers is is key to ensure that the, the client gets the service that they need. And I think you made a great point there, Peter. There's so many moving parts to that type of transaction. Somebody needs to coordinate it. And with the best will in the world, a successful businessman who's busy isn't the right person to do it. Yeah. And that's why they need a broker such as ourselves. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always amazing when I have conversations like this where there's always synergies between what Terry does and people like you do and any other person that kind of works in oh, the for industry. Sure. Mm -hmm. But one thing I think isn't very common is that collaboration, that collaborative effort as a team towards a particular goal for a client. It's not as common as you would think it should be. And it definitely needs that team approach because, you know, what one advisor offers, one advisor, then the other doesn't. And you really need to be speaking to each other. So in a transaction such as this, if I've got a client and I've started speaking about commercial property within a SIP, I've got to start talking to F for B, mm -hmm. right? That's it. How am I going to go out to the market and start being a broker all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get the solution wrong. Yeah. So I need another advisory firm, right? That's it. That's finance for business. I'll go to them and see what, what's out there. They'll do their part, what their expertise is. I'll do mine. But the client doesn't need to know or who's doing what. They just want the solution to be good. Yeah. Right. So we need to be talking together to get that right. Can't do it on my own. Well, the alternative is, and what I've seen happen in the past is, you do with a client, the client goes off and finds it by himself, and it's kind of like, you have no idea what's happening over here. You're doing your part here, and never the two meet. And it's like, well, how do you know that it's going to link up properly? And yeah. the advice is going to be right to start off with because well, then it's a guessing game then yeah. it's a guessing game oh, yeah. i hope i hope this uh, yeah. works out okay but that's not the approach especially with a transaction that's involving your pension and your business two very important yeah. things to any client i imagine yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. important you need people that know what they're doing at each part to get it right and you expect those people to talk to each other yeah i think the point is as well that if you if you use the example of klo and f for b it's very complimentary in respect of its services. Um, mm -hmm. Terry likes to take money off people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we in, like to, in and the we, nicest possible way. In the way, nicest right? possible yeah, way. Yeah. And we like to lend money to people. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there's no there's no conflict of interest there at all. Yeah. So it can be very, very complimentary. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we don't have wealth solutions. We will look to our experts in the likes of KLO to look after the client's yeah. needs in that respect. And... There aren't lending solutions often in, in the wealth space. So that's where we can come into play. And I think I think that collaboration piece cannot be overstated enough. 60% um, of our business is introduced to us. 
Um, whilst we have repeat business from clients, which is fantastic, um, you know, IFAs, other brokers, wealth offices, accountants, and so on, are a key source of introduction to ourselves. So, you know, we need to ensure that the introducer, the client, and the lender, and all the other parties are kept fully informed. Uh, without doing that, you know, the client will suffer, and that's that's not the approach. And we're we're very uh, big on getting everyone around the same table uh, and ensuring that the client is looked after in the way the client needs to be looked after. We never send the client away, go and find this out, and then come back and tell us the answer. That's yeah. not that's not broking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's passing the book. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's making sure that we coordinate in the right way. Yeah, I think a lot of the time it's a team effort, and I think sure relationships the word relationship gets thrown around quite a lot but it's very very important to have key relationships with people um and i think you know even the three of us sat here we know each other from previous sort sure. of engagement and stuff yeah. and that's very important in terms of trust because not only do you want trust with your client but you also want trust with the people that you collaborate with to make sure that everybody is going to deliver what they said they are going to mm -hmm. deliver as well yeah, yeah very much so perfect so any other comments in closing this from from you terry um I think if you're a business owner out there and however big or small your business is, um, have a look at this. You know, talk to us. Talk to us. We can have a chat and just uh, explore, is this a good option for you? And if anything, it might put you on the right track and have you built up your pension funds enough for your future. Mm. Right, let's look at that. Okay. Um, the commercial property might, putting it into your pension solution might not be right for you now. But if we build it up, your pension fund, it might be something you can do for the future, something that you can pass on to family members in a very tax-efficient way in the future as well. So there's all those things to consider. But if any of this is thought, well, am I right for this? Just contact us. And so it's quite simple. We'll have a chat. Yeah. And what about from you, Mike? <clears throat> yeah, I think I think Terry's made a really good point. I think always seek good quality advice. Um, you know, your pension is there to... You know, fund you through hopefully a long, a long uh, period of retirement. Um, so it's important. It's massively important. If it can work for you while it's not required as well, that's a great opportunity. Yeah. So, so take the right advice. And what I'd also say from from the sort of the, the lending landscape is that there are significant amount of lenders out there. Um, it can be a bit of a minefield. You know, the days of the big four only. Um, you know, dominating the market have clearly gone and gone forever. And, you know, good quality advice through through brokers is, is equally as important as, as advice from your wealth uh, partner, from your solicitor and your accountant and so on. So there is choice out there. We're there to help give you that choice. And, um, you know, the new normal uh, will, will give us some challenges, but it will give us some great opportunities as well. Fantastic. And how can the listeners find you, contact you if they want to reach out? So um, we're based in Cornwall Street uh, in the Corner Block building. Um, we're Finance for Business. Um, my name is Mike Kelly. Um, I can let you have all my sort of contact details, phone number and email and so on. But um, we're very prominent in respect of uh, Google searches and so on. Our marketing team are particularly good at making <laughs> sure we're prominent in that respect. Uh, but finance for business, so it's finance, the number four, and uh, the word business, so F4B we go as, and uh, we'd be delighted to help any clients. Fantastic. I'll make sure that this contact details of finance for business and uh, Mike are 
put in the show notes. Thank you. Um, but as ever, if you're listening to this and this has been something that is of interest to you, it's piqued your interest, and you're thinking maybe that's something I do want to have a look at, then do reach out to Terry for an initial complimentary consultation. We can discuss whether this is something that is right for you. And from then we can, you know, move forward and make contact with Mike and Finance for Business to, to go ahead from there. But I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Kalo Talks, podcast for financial discussion. Until next time, take care.